Hello, this is a house on Valencia Street. I'll be your host. It's uh, my second episode. Um, I use explicit language. Uh, topics of conversation are going to be ghosts, paranormal, psychic ability, um, domestic violence, um, rape, incest, uh, emancipation, foster care. Um, let's see. Is there anything else? <laughs> I'm indicating to you, I want you to be informed and I want you to consent and choose because um, it's going to be intense and that's what I was here. And there's a lot of grace and a lot of pretty little memories I got to share too. So I want to get that out. Um, so let's just do an update, shall we? It's been a couple days. Well, it's actually been about one or two days since I've done that recording. It was really hard. That was so hard for me to do that because... If, if you've ever had to ethically manipulate manipulators, or if you've ever had to move around predators, you talking about what they do to you, they don't want to hear it. Okay, so you're trained. You can't talk about it. It's rare to find a place where you can just say, hey, you know, this happened to me, and I want to have a cup of coffee, you know. So I'll emotionally share that talking that last episode and just being able to say, my grandpa raped me when I was four, and I'm sitting here and having a cup of tea, and it, it's nice. It's peppermint. It tastes good. That felt new. That was new freedom. I, I had not explored that, saying out loud. And also I'm exploring just, you know, identity and anonymousness and trying to figure out what that's going to look like here. But uh, it felt freeing. And I appreciate you walking that if you were able to get to it. <laughs> Please recognize that you should be taking care of your body and listening to yourself. And that sometimes... I know that my part was pounding and I had to regulate myself. Um, I was having major blood pressure spikes because the content of what I was talking to you about was so hard for me. And um, it's a life or death thing sometimes because they threaten you. They, gonna, they tell you they're going to kill you. <laughs> and so talking about it is not, um, you know, so how do you talk about it, right? And I got to, if anything, I know there's some people out there like me. And I'm not going to give you advice. I'm going to try not to. I'll tell you what works for me. Um, but I'll tell you also, in my 12-step, I learned that one of my um, character defects is I like to give unrequested advice sometimes. So uh, <laughs> I try to be aware of that. But as I'm just talking into the void here, that um, I feel grateful to have created a space where I can acknowledge stuff and um, also sp share some joy, you know, because when you acknowledge stuff, it's, it's nice. So. So I've been thinking about the house on Valencia Street. There's a shed in the back. It's in the yard. And the, the house is really tall. Like, um, well, I think I mentioned like that American Gothic background house. And um, so the foundation was high. It was almost like uh, the basement was about halfway into the ground and halfway um, above the ground. And so in the back, there was this porch that was like, oh, I don't know, maybe about five by five with uh, four or five steps down. And um, there was this, I don't even know how to describe this back area because there's a lot going on here. Uh, there was a shed. There was a shed right on the driveway, parking lot there. And um, the main reason mom liked it was because it had like, let's see, uh, seven, eight, bed well, finished bedrooms, about six. And then unfinished bedrooms, two downstairs. But a couple of them had uh, dirt floors, and I was never going to fuck. I, I told you what they felt like. 
I mean, it's weird because you go down there and you're like, is this what this is? Because this doesn't feel natural. There's something weird here. You know, and I, I, this is the beginning. You know, I'm also learning psychic ability. I'm, le- I'm also learning psychic ability. So I'm also, not everybody's going to sense this. Um, but uh, let's talk about that little house in the back. And then I want to tell you a bit about my lineage with electricity and why I believe psychic ability and perceiving electricity and stuff is, um, there's a connection somehow. So that little house in the back <laughs> is grown over with a bunch of raspberry brambles. Uh, there are raspberry brambles and uh, there was a big train track going through the back of the yard. It was kind of fun sometimes because you could take shortcuts through the neighborhoods and sometimes you felt like you were in your own little world, which I was a lot because I was by myself a lot when I was younger. I had three older sisters that are about eight to ten years older than me and then I was the, the caboose. I was the uh, surprise. <laughs> so, uh, and, yeah, it was a young planned. I think it was an unplanned one. So, and I got to thank mom for, well, I appreciate she, she bore me. Although as a Buddhist, I believe that I would have been born in another spirit or soul uh, if I had not been born to her. So, but I'm really grateful I got to know her because she was pretty cool. Uh, but anyway, um, the train tracks were, let's see, if you were standing on the back porch and you look straight across the yard, the train tracks were about, ooh, 10 to 20 feet above your head. Okay. So they had this raised embankment thing so they could have the train up there. And then there was like, I don't know, 50 or 60 feet of raspberry brambles just all the way up that embankment there. And then on the side, there was this weird little shed. <laughs> and I would sometimes go back there because the raspberry brambles, you could, there were some animals and stuff that would be back there, but there'd be little holes and stuff. And of course I, I was bored and I was lonely and I was like, well, if I can't go to the forest, maybe I'll crawl around in raspberry brambles and shit with, you know, you know, Hey baby, this is a good high, high life living, baby. Let's tell you what the, you know, my private schools and the private jets uh, in between that, I was playing at raspberry brambles, I guess. Anyway. So, uh, but the shed had like, um, it felt like a mystery because I could never get inside of it. And one of the conditions I think of being in that place was I think the guy that owned the place said, you can't go on the shed, right? Why can't you go on the shed? <laughs> I'm just saying, well, that's a that's not a rhetorical question, but that would be, that's uh, a relevant question. I'm a 10, 11 year old, 12 year old kid at this time, but I was standing in front of that door and I was kind of shorter and I was growing and I didn't end up being the tallest person, but, I remember looking in the back window and there were like all these tables and stuff and and it was like covered with dirt and moss and then there'd be raspberry brambles growing around it. And it was, you know, just like a work shed, and you know, down along, normal work shed. I don't know, maybe meh, 10, maybe 15 feet wide, about 15 feet long, 15, maybe 10. I don't know how tall it was. It wasn't that tall. But uh, there were these big fat padlocks on it. And it was like, I wanted to get in there, you know, and I wasn't old enough yet to be thinking about I could get a hairpin or something and get in there. I wasn't old enough to be doing that, but I was old enough to be because I was bored and lonely because my brain needed to be stimulated because, well, whatever. Um, I would do things like go in and take a screwdriver and I would unscrew the, <laughs> I'd unscrew all the devices and put it back together again because I was like 10 years old going, I'm bored. Okay, how about that? And I'd take apart the radio, put it back together. I wouldn't take apart the TV. And by the way, don't take apart TV if it's a tube TV. There's a capacitor in there. It can fucking kill you. Okay. <laughs> Whenever I'd work with uh, computer monitors back in IT, um, 
I'll take a computer and pop open about just about everything, but I'm not popping open a tube monitor because the capacitor in there can kill you. It can blow it. They, what they do, the capacitor really winds up the energy just wah, 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 and that helps them with the, the monitor. Uh, and so what happens when they turn the power off, that capacitor keeps that power for a while. So if I was ever going to crack a monitor case, you had to unplug the monitor and let set for a little bit because you just let charge out because, yeah. So um, flat screens, that's a, a completely different beast. But um, anyway, but I, I get bored and I sit there and take these apart and go, you know, what's going on here? But I'd come back to that shed because I felt kind of comfortable around the shed because it was outside, except for there was a creepy neighbor. You want to hear about the creepy neighbor? There's a couple of them. Well, actually, I haven't even got to the guy that murdered himself. Guy shot himself next door to me. Um, I ended up babysitting at that house later. <laughs> we heard the shot. That's a big story. And there was cops involved and all kinds of stuff. It was a big, gnarly fucking four-cock four car thing. But we'll get to that. The guy who killed his ex, killed her boyfriend, and then killed himself. Okay, now I'm going to pause for a second. Do you remember that I told you the house of Valencia Street has some weird fucked up energy and that kind of reminded me of like Poltergeist, the movie, Light? Well, this is one indicator that that's part of the reason. There's some, there was something unholy. It felt like there was something wrong there. And it wasn't just our house. Well, maybe it was, but there, it was like, I felt like somebody did some wrong, wrong, wrong things there. <laughs> and maybe there were some solutions in that shed, which is why I'd go back to that shed. But, I, you know, I'm a kid. I don't know quite, I'm not formed yet. I'm a little seed. I'm a seed and I'm trying to figure this out answers it's like and also i'm reading energy and partially when you're around and then you i think partially when you're around spirits or ghosts and stuff like that part of you when you're you're a 11 year old kid staying alone in your big house like that now pause for, well i don't know if i was that young i think i was at least 12 13 i wasn't quite to puberty yet i was on my way we moved to boyer and that's when i got uh, i got in junior high but so i you know, it, I'm looking around and it's strange because it feels like I'm looking through a prism and there's static, you know, and I'm trying to tune in so I can give you a little bit of the radio broadcast from Valencia Street. Um, but I would stand in front of that door and I'd pull on the padlocks and I, I'd look in there and I'd be like, there's got to be some answers in there, you know. I mean, didn't you ever do that? And you'd be like trying to figure it out, you know. And but she, So anyway, I didn't tell you about the creepy neighbor. There's another creepy neighbor. This guy wore overalls. Okay, he looked like the deliverance guy. Okay, and he was real friendly with us <laughs> because my mama had four, well, she had three daughters. Four of them, well, three of them were knockouts. Okay, my sisters were ha ha hot. Okay, <laughs> I have one sister who shower named Mamos, but she knows who she is. She looked like Rachel Ward, you know, from Thornbirds or Against All Odds. Uh, Sophia Loren, she was like that. And she worked at the cannery. You know, she looked like the cannery. She was beautiful. And I spent, I remember spending my 15 year with her, uh, 15 year um, summer with her in um, a city in Washington where there was a, a Catholic private school that she was attending. And she was with her partner, who she's still with down today. So good job on your longevity there. I admire you, sis. Um, but uh, I remember looking up to her and, and thinking that um, she was so beautiful, you know, and I was. The girl who's going to be in shot put in junior high. And I was going to be the girl that, you know, I, I could, you know, leg press 360 later, you know, and run 20 miles. I, I, there's things I could do, but I wasn't, wasn't going to learn that till after I got out of high school because I was told I was fat all the time because I was kind of pudgy. And um, I had to learn some things, you know, I had to learn some things. But I just remember looking at that shed and like going up, there's some answers in there and I want to get to them. 
you know, I'm curious and I'm bored and what the hell, you know, and I spent a lot of time looking at that thing. Well, so on the right beside our house where that shed was, there was a guy that lived to the left. Okay. And that guy looked like a guy from Deliverance. He had white hair and he looked like a guy, a creeper. And he would, my sisters would sunbathe in the backyard sometimes, but they couldn't, it was hard because they couldn't sun, either they're going to have the train tracks going by, they're going to have the guy over here with like a 200 pound uh, fuck dog. He, and the guy that ended himself, he, he, uh, he kept recite. He get these two or three big dogs, and they chain them out there, and they were neglected, and they run in a circle in the mud. And I got to look at a door and look at that dog. He's been neglected, and you know, I'm like, I wanted to go talk to him, but the dogs were bigger than I was. They were physically larger than I was, and a lot of times they had problems because they were getting abused. Okay, so you got this big chained up dog next to you. It's physically bigger than you, and there's a big run ring around it, and they're running around and around and around, and then later off that guy offs himself. Right, well, that's a big old story. Uh, we'll have to get to that one. But that shed, I wanted to know what's in there. I desperately wanted to know what's in there because there's got to be some answers. And it was also somebody else's stuff. You like rummaging through other people's stuff. I I don't think I do. I don't do that. And actually, as a Buddhist. Um, I actively disengage from wanting physical things, you know, um, and I end up deteriorating. Uh, I devalue myself. And because um, I don't know if you've experienced 10 or 15 years in information technology with a career, but commonly you're going to get 40 to 50% less than the white guys. You know, that happened at a big software and a big hardware company I worked for. They were both Fortune 100 companies. And they had all kinds. Of, I look back and I go, yeah, I could have sued you for that, but I didn't know yet. You know, I don't want to sue nobody, but it was like that was wrong. And it shouldn't have done. I shouldn't have to look at penthouse stuff at a big software company in Seattle that says they're great people to work with. And everyone thinks that he's the bee's knees and he's like just the champion of some stuff. But guess what? There's some other stuff happening in that, that culture that is pervasive that when you confront it, they penalize you. And then they give a promotion to the person that did it. So you learn to shut the hell up, you know, and that's the hard part. I'm not shutting the hell up right now. Right. So, um. Gosh, I haven't told you about that creepy neighbor with the overalls from Deliverance. Well, anyway, so next to the uh, Valencia Street house, there's one next to him. What am I going to call this guy? I don't even want to name him. I don't want to call him Fred because I have a sister who's got, she likes that name. And I don't, I don't Bob, what do I call him? Mike? I don't know. I don't call him that either. Let's just call him Mr. Overalls. Okay, Mr. Overalls. Okay. Um... He just was a little too interested, you know? He was lonely, and he had a, he and his wife were over there, and they were just, they kind of looked like, um, I don't know, gray-haired, plump, um, 70s, you know? And uh, that, that uh, the Mr. Overalls was a little too curious, and he liked looking at my sisters a little too much, you know? And so I don't think I was very interesting because I wasn't mature. Yeah, so my three older sisters, though, who are out there getting sunbathing in their bikinis. And this is like the, I don't know, late 70s, early 80s or so. Um, so I don't know if you remember the big hair. Oh, <laughs> the big hair was a big old thing. And, and I just remember, uh, I just remember thinking it was so beautiful, that long hair, you know. Well, um, I had a sister who modeled. Okay. Um, it was small town, you know, small town stuff, you know, just photography and um i ended up teaching one of my nieces how to do um, software editing for pictures and i took her to classes and she also well she did a different um one of my sisters was a model and helped to sell packages 
uh, for photos. But another one, I had a niece who um, I helped her with learning software and took her to courses for uh, editing photos. And she made over $1,000 her senior year using the, the software I bought her and, um, and the classes. And I was very proud. I was very proud to teach her that. And although we don't talk anymore, um, I'm grateful. I want to teach women to be educated and I want to teach women to feel safe. And, um, well, actually I can't give advice. Okay. This is not an advice podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to make any recommendations to you. I'll just start talking about what's not working for me. Okay. I'm going to try to do that anyway. Oh. Boy, I don't know if I'm ready for telling that shooting story. That's a big one. <laughs> we can get to that one. The guy shot himself next door. Yeah, that was, and we heard the shot and I heard it. That's one weird thing too. I think, Okay, let's get back to the electrical thing. I think I'll round out with this one. Let's talk about psychic ability in my family and electricity. How about that? Ooh. Well, my great-grandpa is named Charlie, and my grandpa is named Delbert. And Delbert was with Mildred, and I believe they were happy together, and I believe they love each other. Now, Delbert wore overalls, too. But from the photos I've seen, he walked a little different in him. <laughs> he, he was gentle and kind. He seemed like a shire man, you know, from the pictures. And I think one thing that happens when you're so abused, there's a desperation to find some sense of decency in the archetype of the person who did the abuse to you. So I talked to my ancestors and I talked to Charlie and I talked to Delbert because there's another thing we got in common. My great-grandpa was struck by lightning. Grandpa was struck by lightning. And me? Well, I was born on the coast of California. I was born on the coast of California, and there was a huge thunder and lightning storm. Blew out the power grid when I was born. Big old thunder and lightning born. There was no power in the No power. Blew it out. I was born nearly in the elevator. I was born by a flashlight. I was on the front page of the newspaper. And I had a full head of hair. Mama said I was born looked like a sage or a Buddha. She said I will come out looking like a Buddha, a little sage. And then 25 years later, I was a Buddha. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm Buddha. I, I strive for that. But it, there's some soothing to me. It feels uh, a home, an abode for me, that location. So I feel a gratitude to an uh, intuitive person. I feel a gratitude to a mama who recognized something in me uh, the day I was born. <laughs> She didn't give herself enough credit, darling, but she's pretty intuitive and psychic, I think. She was just, if I could give anything to Mildred and Darlene, it would be the opportunity for an education and the opportunity for a place to feel safe and not beaten and raped. That's what I want to do. I got fantasies about that, but I want to create an environment and I want to get so, this is my goal. I don't care about money as a Buddhist. It, that's how I apply it. I run from money. And actually, I struggle because I don't think about money. But there's other things I think about quite a lot. And I devalue my needs. And I struggle with that. And I need some therapy about that. That's the goal. When I get the enough money uh, to be able to afford it, I'm going to... I've tried. That's another thing. <sighs> it's hard to get it. I've gone to the blankety-blank help and the blankety-blank space that you guys advertise on your little podcasts. Okay. Why don't you tell me this? After I crawled to that thing and I filled that form out, it took me two or three goes because I was having panic attack symptoms and I was having I had to regulate and get off. And by the time you fill that out and you say, "Hey, I'm a sex abuse survivor and I cannot talk to a woman about," or I got to talk to a woman, I can't talk to a man about this. Okay, they sent me a man. 
Okay. So I'm just going to say this to you. If you have a blankety blank help or a blankety blank space place where you provide mental health to people, could you understand that if someone's really traumatized and it takes so much to get there, just to say what, saying the words out loud, which is why I started this podcast, saying the words out loud is hard. It's so hard. And you know, you're not, so many people are going to attack you. It makes sense that it's hard. You're getting direct information that you should shut the hell up. Right. So, um, but with the regulate, I was going back to body regulation and anxiety and regulating that. And I think I've lost my way on that. Dang. Anyway, if anything, you can take a break when you're listening to me, you know, you can take a break and you can stop. Right. So, but anyway, great grandpa struck by that and grandpa struck by that. And I'm born during a three huge center on that and storm blows out the power grid and I'm born by flashlight and I'm on the front page of the newspaper with a full head of hair. And I'm going to say this because they call me that, but I don't think it's that's something we should say these days. They call me Indian baby, call me Indian baby. And I think that's disrespectful to indigenous cultures. And I don't think that's something we say anymore, but I want to acknowledge it happened. And, um, they were just fascinated with my full head of hair. <laughs> But anyway, I'm drawing a line. Three of us with that electrical thing. Now, I, I, I haven't been hit by lightning, thank, thank the Lord. Uh, thank the Buddha. Thank the, thank the, I don't know, vacancy. I don't know. Thank the, um, by the way, if you're atheist or agnostic, that's an option. Um, I have some issues with Christianity. Um, and it's a struggle for me because there's been a lot of abuse with that. So, but um, I'm just drawing a line. I'm just letting you know that down the line, my family has had issues with electricity. And um, I personally feel that there's a connection with psychic ability and the way you perceive electricity. And I'll point out something. There's a group of people in Africa, for example, that are runners and they're world-class runners and they go all around the world and win everything. And they got something, they got a unique magic, whatever their magic running is, they can do that. So they study them They go, well, how do they do that? I don't know, but I think some of us have that electrical aptitude as well. Right. And I think that um, there's some of us that can sense things that other people can't. I also think that we all have intuitive ability that we can build and cultivate. Um, I also think that sometimes when your psyche or your heart or your body, when you're being raped or whatever is broken open and busted open like a coconut shell, that it spills out, you know, and your boundaries are broken off. You got no consent. You got no choice. You don't understand what's happening. And like when I talk about the rape stuff and I'm four, I stutter and I talk like a four-year-old because I don't understand what's happening, you know? And um, I think that breakage, and I think a lot of times people talk about having near-death experiences and coming back with psychic ability. And I mentioned suicide last time. And I also want to offer a grace on that. My heart has compassion and I know, have known a, a person before and after that transition and it was very painful. Um, I do not blame or harm spirit. I do not want to castigate or judge spirit. Um, suicide happens sometimes as part of mental health stuff. Although the reason I'm not suiciding, I guess I want to clarify that because I felt I might have been judgmental and that wasn't my intention. Um, my perception is that suiciding causes a very big damage to your soul and that it retards you and then you got to learn things again. And some people can't break free of it. So what I understand, what I was trying to talk about in that was um, uh, that the act of suicide arbitrarily or without reaching for cons other help is a, um, 
there's consequences you don't know yet, I guess is what I was, that's what I'm sensing. That's what I've been, that's what's been reflected to me. And also I understand that with mental health issues, you're, I got perception issues, right? Because I was told I wasn't raped. I was told by my whole family I wasn't raped. I was told that they protected me because I was the youngest and all of them were really concerned about me. And they never left me. Yes, they did. They did. I was raped and I suppressed it. They was wrong. <laughs> so um, you don't trust yourself because you were told not to trust yourself and everybody in the family told you not to trust yourself. And guess what? It happened. It did. We all got it. So um, I think that there's electricity and I think that it comes down the line. I think some of us perceive it differently because we've been harmed just like people who've died and come back. So um, I'm really curious though, when I think about this place I'm talking to you about, the house on Valencia street, like how would you purify something like that? You know, cause I wouldn't, I, w I don't know how to do that. And I wish there was a way to do that because I think sometimes maybe you talk to them, maybe you talk to them, you know, I think they've done studies where people sit in front of two acres of plants and then they just meditate and they focus on one, you know, there's plot A and plot B and, and they find that people just sit and meditate looking at the trees and stuff like that or whatever they're growing, they grow twice as much. You know, they'll sit there and go, people sitting and doing meditating and looking at plants for and watching them grow will cause them to grow bigger. Okay. They got studies on that shit. Now, if that exists, why can't psychic ability exist, right? Okay. Also, I want to say this. If you got a podcast or you feel comfortable with the phrase, you, you want to sell something, you want to associate selling something and making money off of this phrase, all psychics are fake. Okay. I will say this. Why does somebody need to say that? <clears throat> That's a pretty strong statement. Now, in my many years of therapy and support groups, I was taught that when people use extreme polar language, like everything's all one thing and one class of people is an unreal other and all black people, they're the best physicists, you know, and all Latinx, they're the most skilled uh, arithmetic people, you know, um, to make a ghost generalization, well, that may or may not be true, right? So why does somebody need to say, I don't trust you and every person in that category is a liar? You're all liars. I don't trust any of you. Well, that's like that weird, I'm not gonna name him because he irritates me, but there's a guy that says, sexism doesn't exist, uh, uh, prove me wrong. And he's got like a, I don't know, a, he's got a folding table and he's drinking a cup of coffee in a park. And he's like, I wanna fight. See, I'm gonna directly put a fight out there. Come and fight with me. I mean, it's just like that. Or like the pythons, Monty Python, you know, this room's got the arguments, the insults down the hall. Oh, you got, oh, I thought this was insult. Sorry about that. You know, they're going down the hallway with that comedy bit. Anyway, so I'm learning how to use this site. But one of the reasons to give you the content I'm talking about, because it's really difficult for me, um, I'm mentally doing absolutely, uh, that was my phone. Dang. Um, um, I'm mentally doing absolutely nothing extra, no frills, because I want to be just coming in here, sharing the stuff. I don't need my identity to be involved. I don't know if I need to make money about it. It might be nice to make money. Ideally, I'd like to write a book. I'd like to write a book about the house and I'd like to publish it. And I want to talk about my mama. And then I want to make enough money to take care of myself. And then I want to make enough money to build some domestic violence shelters in Walla Walla, Washington and Colfax, Washington for women like me who need a place safe to be. That's my, my dream. My dream, if you want to talk about my big dream, I want to make money talking about the things they did to me. I want to make money talking about the things they did to my mama and my grandma Mildred and all my sisters. I want to make some money on it. And then, because that's the retribution, you're going to harm us. This is the karma coming back, helping and soothing the people that got harmed. Then I'm going to invest and do philanthropy 
and I want to get some opportunities. Now, I, I'm not offering this now. I don't have this resource, but that's my dream. I want to get, I want to talk to women like me and my mama and my grandma and say, you don't deserve this. And if I got to build a field of a hundred tiny homes, and if I got to set up scholarships, you know, that's my dream. I want to get them education. I want to get them safe and counseling and therapy, you know. And by the way, if you happen to be trying to fund anything, Mr. Joe Biden, every county health department therapist I've ever talked to has too many therapists and they're overtaxed. Would you please consider him bumping up the mental health folks in the county and the state rate regions and making them accessible? Why don't you go 50 to 100 of them? Because most communities, I think they could probably take them. I don't think you're going to get too many therapists involved with that county health department. So that's a real good resource to help people like me. And maybe I'm going to try to give a voice to people who are poor, who exist. I don't have insurance. I'm missing teeth. I'm sitting here talking to you. I cover it real good. You wouldn't know when I go out. I had it real good. <laughs> But it wasn't because I wasn't maintaining my teeth. It was because I'm poor. And an extraction costs a lot less than a crown. And, a, you know, that's another thing. If I get enough money and I start to be able to talk about the stories and making money on, on the stories of my family, if I faith in myself and don't feel like an imposter, you know. So maybe you can help me with that. So we're rounding out. I think I'm just going to do a half hour. And uh, thanks for listening so far. Um, I'm going to become Ben. I'm going to try a once a week thing. You're welcome to... I don't know, give me a monthly stop in here or not. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Well, I'll take it. Go ahead. Whatever. Um, I just want to talk with you a little bit, invite you to the house and say, hey, take care of yourself, you know, and there's options. There's therapy. There's support groups. And if the first two or three shit on you, try the fourth. It's going to be hard. <laughs> first two or three cops don't listen to you when they say you're getting beat. Call somebody else. It's going to be an option. You deserve it. You're not alone. Not the household of Valencia Street. There's always somebody there. They may be in physical form or not. <laughs> Have a good one, kids. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you a lot.